ओम ज्ञान चिरंधस्यज्ञानंजनशलाकाय चक्षुरिमीलितम Anger is not generally considered a very good quality. Generally one is expected to be as is mentioned here tolerant, merciful, friendly and equal. However, uh, anger can be a good quality if used in the service of the Lord. And in fact, uh, some of the most well-known devotees have become well-known for their exhibition of anger in the service of the Lord. Any examples anyone can give? Arjuna, Hanuman. What was Hanuman's anger? How did he exhibit that? You should know. He burned Lanka, yeah. And uh, killed many thousands of people in the process. Thousands of Rakshasas and Rakshasis. Is it possible this lady, she could sit without the foot towards the day? Yeah. Um, now, uh, that anger is glorious because it's uh, used in the service of the Lord. But otherwise, anger which is used for one's own sense gratification, that is demoniac as it causes great harm to others. However, even tolerance, mercy, friendship and equality, if not, although apparently good qualities, if not engaged in the service of the Lord, they're also demoniac. A tolerant demon, merciful demon, friendly demon, and uh, what's, what's the word in English? Equal-minded, equ- what's the word? Equ- equ- equanimity, what's the uh, adjective of that? equanimous demon or fair-minded demon how is that possible? well it's very prominent at the present time people preach uh, or people speak of tolerance in the words of the great modern poets great poets of the modern age let it be this was written this is the words of the great sage John Lennon or maybe Paul McCartney whisper words of wisdom let it be in other words, everything's okay. Just tolerate everything. But tolerance of everything is demoniac. Uh, rather, the, we should follow the rules of Shastra and be intolerant towards breaking of rules of Shastra. Uh, for instance, in the modern age, in many Western countries, it is illegal to be intolerant of homosexuality. A uh, hundred years ago, if, if one um, spoke, for, if one engaged in homosexuality or spoke in favor of it, one could be imprisoned, as actually happened in Britain to a famous Irish poet and dramatist, Oscar Wilde. His name was Oscar Wilde. He's not that famous, but anyway. He's famous among English literati. Nowadays, if one uh, says in, in Britain, in the same country, if one says anything against homosexuality, he's liable to be imprisoned. Values have changed. Previously, that... Uh, nowadays people think that one should be tolerant of everything, pretty much everything. But this uh, so-called, uh, what they consider a good quality of tolerance, uh, that is uh, actually simply a mask to uh, allow unlimited gross sense gratification, gross and sinful sense gratification. Similarly, the uh, mercy of demons is foolish and sinful. Just like they talk about humanely killing animals. 
that we are killing so many animals in the slaughterhouse, but humanely. That means there's, uh, uh, humane killing means this. they say that, well, we just kill them very quickly so they don't suffer any pain. Is it a very good proposition? If I uh, put a gun to your head and say, I'm going to shoot you, but don't worry, it'll be over very quickly. It won't hurt because you won't, you'll be dead instantly. It's, uh, it's an oxymoron or a, a contradictory, the adjective and the, and the noun, humane killing, they're contradictory. There's no such thing as humane killing. Or they talk of mercy killing, euthanasia, which uh, many people nowadays are voluntarily going in for. And it's, it's, it's probably, is it legalized yet in any country in the West? I think in Holland, maybe. Yeah. So uh, demoniac people think, well, this is very good. So you have to suffer so much and die, so why not just die without the suffering? But they don't know the laws of nature. They do not know what is proper behavior or improper behavior because they are demons. They don't know that killing, uh, even apparently to put someone out of suffering, is uh, simply causing them more suffering. Because whatever suffering they have to undergo according to their karma, one cannot remove that. They'll have to suffer it in a future life. And if they agree to or, I, or personally... Uh, prematurely end their lives by uh, then they, be, they 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 accrue more sin for for that very act similarly the foolish demons they are against capital punishment but uh, they don't know that this is actually this is mercy killing capital punishment for a murderer that is actually merciful towards him that's actual mercy killing they simply judge from their humanistic or uh, humanistically misguided viewpoint. And similarly, their friendship, uh, the friendship of one who is not Krishna conscious, that a devotee should avoid. It is not beneficial. If a friend is talking to, uh, talking all so many things without any relationship with Krishna consciousness, then he's not a friend, he's an enemy. That's why uh, most of the parents in the world, they are the worst enemies of their children. They think, I'm doing, I'm looking after my children, I'm being so good to them. But if they don't train them in Krishna consciousness, then they're actually uh, committing violence on them, spoiling the opportunity of human life. And this uh, samatva, or equal, equal, equal vision, uh, well, that's an, just like in the modern age, they have this feminism, that men and women should be considered equal in all respects, that women should also have the opportunity to go to Iraq and torture prisoners. Why only the men? They should also be in the, the, in the front fighting troops and do everything exactly the same as men, uh, totally overlooking that men and women, by the arrangement of nature, have uh, completely different psychophysical propensities. As Prabhupada pointed out, if men and women are to be equal, then the men, they should also give birth to babies. Why only women? And it also introduces the very dangerous principle of men and women mixing unrestrictedly, which is very convenient for the demons who wish to enjoy uh, illicit sex. So th this kind of uh, false equality is uh, actually demoniac. So actually uh, all, the, all the good qualities are only possible in devotees. As is uh, stated in a 
well-known verse from Sriman Bhagavatam that Srila Prabhupada often quoted. Does anyone know that verse? That, uh, that only devotees have good qualities and demons don't have any. That's the last line. Yes, yasti, saraha. Okay, got it. This means that those who are uh, akinchan, devotees of the Supreme Lord, those who have no desire for anything but to serve Krishna, they are the natural abode of all godly qualities. Whereas non-devotees, they have no good qualities. For they are simply on the mental platform and uh, mental and, uh, and external platform. Now this may seem like a very uh, extraordinary statement that non-devotees have no good quality. Did you, did you never meet a non-devotee who was polite, well-behaved, honest, moral? moral? Do, uh, do such persons not exist? Is it not that uh, many times we can see that non-devotees, they appear to be better behaved than many devotees? So how are we to understand this? Well, uh, one point is that uh, this verse in Prahlad Maharaj speaks about those who are akinchan devotees, those who, those who don't desire anything but to serve Krishna. Uh, mixed devotees, uh, they're obvious, the, the, the very fact that they are their devotion is mixed with material desires means that their character is also going to be mixed with uh, ungodly qualities. So that is one consideration. Another consideration is that all the good qualities of non-devotees are simply meant for facilitating sense gratification. Now, a totally gross demon, he doesn't care for others at all, except to exploit them. Uh, but those who are more sophisticated non-devotees, they are concerned with the well-being of others also, not only themselves. However, because they consider the well-being of themselves and others to be defined in terms of physical and mental pleasure, devoid of surrender to Krishna, they are, therefore they are all... Uh, Good qualities are simply on the external platform. Um, because the uh, non-devotees consider that the well-being of themselves and others is in terms of their physical and mental uh, benefit, uh, without, any, without consideration of surrender to Krishna, Therefore, their so-called good qualities are simply external. Their basic spirit of um, non-surrender to Krishna, that is demoniac. And therefore, any apparent good qualities, uh, they're not actually good because they come from the platform of non-surrender to Krishna. Uh, in, in two countries that I spent some time in during this momentary life, what I've passed of this momentary life, the inhabitants are known to be very nice. One is Thailand, the smiling Thais. Thai people are known as the smiling Thais because they're always smiling. However, they're also uh, totally atheistic, being Buddhists. And not only Buddhists, but Theravad Buddhists, which means hardcore Buddhists. Theravad, otherwise known as Hinayana. Anyway, never mind about that. Uh, so most of them haven't got the faintest idea of anything about Buddhist philosophy. 
because the uh, central interest in Thai life and culture is Sanuk. Sanuk means happiness, which is, of course, measured in terms of sense enjoyment. Yeah. So the, the Thai people are fully dedicated. It is the national uh, passion, to a full dedication to the pursuit of happiness defined in terms of sensual happiness. So everyone is very nicely, they're all nicely enjoying Sanuk together. And Thais are always smiling. That's, they should always smile. Even if they feel upset inside, they simply smile outside. In case it gets, uh, but in case the internal dissatisfaction gets too much, then they're likely to pull out a knife and kill someone. They don't have any like in-between phase of getting gradually angry. It all boils up inside and they're just trying to be nice, nice, nice. And the, but when if someone can't control it, then it just bursts out and they kill someone. That's anyway. The only uh, I I didn't have I didn't have any personal experience of anyone getting angry at me, thankfully, while I was there. But in the course of preaching, I often found one means to make ties stop smiling. One thing that upset them deeply was to speak to them about the existence of God. They are very deeply uh, disturbed by any discussion of there being a supreme being. Now, another country in which I've spent, well, I spent five months, not that much time, was uh, Denmark, where everyone is also very nice. They're not very nice to the pigs. Danish bacon is famous. What? Danish bacon. Bacon, that's, for, that's on the British breakfast table, not the Spanish so I don't know now, but uh, in Denmark at that time, which was 1979, there were more pigs than people. And in at least in two towns that we visited, we saw in the in the center of the town, on a very high plinth, a huge bronze statue of a pig. So you may wonder what's this got to do with Krishna consciousness, telling all these things. But it does help to demonstrate how that even persons who are very nice, they may also be very stupid if they're not Krishna conscious. They spend thousands of dollars to, or not kronas, to millions of kronas maybe, to, to build a huge statue of a pig. And that's like the, that's like the crowning glory of your town. So uh, you can imagine that in, uh, in Denmark, actually in Denmark they have like, a, they, they, no one's rich and no one's poor. They, they take all the... It's like a Robin Hood government. They take all the taxes from the rich people and they spread it all out and everyone's happy. <coughs> pork, yeah, pork. They're eating pork. And they're very tolerant to everyone and very nice and everything is good and everyone's happy. So uh, in the course of meeting with people there, um, we came to know that just... For instance, one symptom of their open-minded society is that in the schools it was a normal thing for the children, say age 14 or whatever, to be having sex with their teachers. You know, it's, um, having all those pigs around must have some effect on the people's consciousness. And you can also imagine that uh, there are not many vegetarians in a country whose economy is based on pig slaughter. So uh, we had this experience when... We were, we were talking, actually we'd, we'd hitchhiked a ride from one town to another. We were going 
We were on on the pick, collecting for preaching vehicles for Bangladesh. You were what about? We were on the pick. Ah, yes. Never heard that phrase. On what? Collecting funds for preaching to purchase preaching vehicles for Bangladesh. So um, two of us, we we hitched a ride from one. We were hitching a ride from one town to another to do our sales. To sales? Sales. We were selling records. Oasis. And uh, so one young couple, they picked us up and they they asked what we're doing and we told, well, actually we're monks and we're traveling around. And they were very nice. But then when we said we're vegetarians, then the man became, his whole countenance changed. I don't like anyone telling me what I should eat. So we should very nicely and friendlily all eat pig together and prepare ourselves to become pigs in the next life. So such niceness may appear to be very nice, but it's actually not. This niceness that accommodates uh, uh, envy towards others, this so-called niceness, this is not niceness. After the Second World War, uh, 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 sorry, before the Second World War, uh, Hitler was considered very nice by those of his countrymen who he hadn't killed. Once he had killed his uh, main political opponents, then pretty much everyone in the country supported him. And his camp seemed very uh, reasonable to the Germans at that time. That, you know, we're Germans and uh, we're the best, so all the all these surrounding countries, we should just invade them and take them over because we need more space. And actually, his philosophy, it uh, it is, if, if we accept Darwinism, then his philosophy is the natural outcome of that. Survival of the fittest, the strong shall overcome. So it's it's good for the human species that those who are less capable and strong, they should be eliminated, and the strong ones, they should, uh, they should rule. Anyway, after the Second World War, um, they formed the United Nations, uh, which had the United Nations Charter of Human Rights, in which they stated several self-evident principles, which are ridden with foolishness. Full, full of foolishness. For instance, they say that it is, uh, it is self-evident that all human beings have equal rights. Uh, but this is not actually a fact. Because some people are born with more Janmaishvarya Shruta Shri than others. More better birth, more money, um, more intelligent and more beautiful. So the very, the very basis of their Charter of Human Rights is foolish. And uh, it's a charter of the human rights, the human right to uh, exploit and terrorize other species. All human beings have an equal right to kill and terrorize and torture and eat animals. They, uh, while wanting to, while, while wanting to um, protect human beings, they, they have incorporated the exploitation of animals, trees and other species. 
So uh, those who are not, I'm just giving these as a few prominent examples of how those who are not in Krishna consciousness, due to their lack of knowledge of the purpose of human life, cannot but be divest of all good qualities. Even their so, even their attempts to be good, uh, uh, because they're based on envy of Krishna, they cannot but be harmful to others. Everything a non-devotee does is harmful to himself and others. Even the uh, the mother, very lovingly fondling her child, is uh, actually being violent to that child if she doesn't teach him about Krishna. She doesn't teach him that the goal of life is not to be attached to me, but to be attached to Krishna. So this should be understood very clearly. This is one of the factors that distinguishes Krishna consciousness from mundane religion. That uh, mundane so-called theists uh, conceive of God as being the upholder of our genteel sense gratification. They do not understand or accept, nor do they want to understand or accept, that we are meant for Krishna's sense gratification and God is not meant for our sense gratification. So although theists like Christians and Muslims uh, may be a little, they may be a notch up from from, uh, atheists, they're not really that, they're actually basically in this, they have the same basic consciousness. Both the atheists and the so-called theists have as the, the same goal of life, which is sense gratification. It's just that the so-called theists uh, believe in a God who will help them to achieve that. So, what is called theism, what goes on as theism in the world, is maybe just beginning to approach something called theism, but it's not actually theism at all. Theism means belief in God and uh, acting according to his principles. But if one doesn't know who God is, then what is the value of, if, of saying, I believe in God? Just like, um, how, many have you, how many of you believe in Australia? Others are doubtful. <laughs> well, I also believe in Australia. Australia, you know, it's a, it's a species of cucumber, right? So, I also believe in Australia. You believe in Australia? I believe in Australia. Species of wild cucumber that grows in the Amazon. So, although we use the same word, the concept that goes with it is completely different. So, those who say, uh, I believe in God. Yes, God is some uh, angry old man with a long beard sitting on a cloud throwing thunderbolts down at those who are not Catholics. And once he came to earth and then he died for three days, God was dead. Then he got up again. And uh, you pray to him and he fulfills all your desires. We believe in God. That's not God. So what is the value of their belief in God? Or that God is a, an undefined, undefinable... What? If it's undefinable, you can't say what it is. <laughs> it's an undefined, undefinable. Using undefinable as a... As a noun, so what is the use? What is the use of such theism? So Krishna, Krishna consciousness gives actual knowledge of God and of Krishna also, because don't say it too loud. Krishna is not really God. Oh, wait a minute! What's this sannyasi doing here, saying these things? Throw him out! He's a heretic. He's a disguised atheist. Well, of course, Krishna is God, but mostly Vishnu is God. 
because God doesn't milk cows. He sits on a throne and oversees everything. But Krishna milks cows. So Krishna is more than God. Now how can anyone be more than God? Well, Krishna consciousness is more than theism. Anyway, that's another discussion. But the point is, yasyasti bhaktya bhagavatya kinchana saravair gunais tatra samasate suraha harava bhaktasya katong mahanguna manoratenasati dhavatobahi. You like to give the translation of that? Uh, on Espanol. <coughs> yeah, they're on the literally on the chariot of the mind, mental platform. Today is the first day of Julan Yatra. It's a very joyful festival. Radha Krishna Lila is always joyful. At the same time, we have the news of one of the members of the devotee community here of Spain, not local, oh. having passed away, which is not joyful. So, it requires great faith in Krishna at such times to accept that God is good. One of Prabhupada's godbrothers, Sadananda, he was from Germany, and he spent, he was in India, he came to get guidance from Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and he, he came to India to get guidance from Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And even after the passing away of, uh, of Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he stayed on in India. So when the Second World War broke out, he was put in a concentration camp, like all the other Greeks, uh, sorry, the other Germans and Italians in India at that time. So anyway, uh, after the war, he went back to Germany, and uh, he was in—he was a good friend of Prabhupada's actually, and he was in communication with Prabhupada. And he told Prabhupada that uh, he found he experienced in Germany that pretty much everyone had become an atheist. Despite being under Hitler, they still had the gumption. You don't know that word. What's another word? Oh, the, the boldness or the, the brazen, the shameless boldness to pray to God that they would win the war. And uh, in those days, because they weren't so advanced in feminist understanding, the women didn't go to war. So they were praying to God, send my son home, send my brother home, send my husband home, send my father home. But they didn't come home. All the, mostly all wiped out. So the remaining population, they became, which, which consist of a few men and old, some, some older men and some young boys, very young, because at the end they were sending teenage boys out to fight. But, and lots of women they wholesale became atheists. They prayed to God. They prayed to God. You should do this. He didn't. Say, so what's the use of God? No, we won't believe in him anymore. So, uh, real devotion and real faith in God means to accept that whatever he does is for the ultimate good of all concerned, even if we cannot understand why. So, in this world, many horrible things happen, especially in the modern age. But uh, a devotee, he never loses his faith in Krishna because he doesn't think that Krishna's job is to fulfill my sense gratification.